Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Know Yourself podcast series where I interview Alex Carberry, a herbalist, author and teacher, to listen to his unique perspective on getting acquainted with ourselves through the four personality types. My name is Salma Mehboob and I love pondering the deeper meaning of what makes us uniquely us, even when I should be paying attention to something else. Revealing Journey with Know Yourself is a series of podcasts of our conversations, uncovering what it means to be you and what it means to really know yourself. Thank you for joining us and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Salma and I'm one of the hosts for today's podcast and I'm joined by Alex. Hi, Salma. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum wa rahmatullah. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, I'm I'm well. A bit tired, but well. On a Monday as well? Yeah, my clinics run on, on Sundays, so Mondays tend, I tend to be a bit tired. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Well, it's uh, lovely to be here. I'm really excited uh, for this um, project and how it will um, sort of pan out. Um, we've got some lovely ideas that we want to discuss over the next few podcasts. And our first podcast is called Face Off. Face Off. Mm-hmm. Our revealing journey with Know Yourself. Mm. Mm. Okay, so you mean you want me to be really honest and very open about maybe some of the things, some of the motivations and some of the experiences I've had? Is that what you want uh, with I, Know Yourself? I think the framework doesn't allow any other way. Does it? Well, that's really interesting, yeah, because the nature of know yourself is that you have to be really brutally honest with yourself, yeah. And the framework itself, you know, we're talking about this know know yourself framework. What do we mean by know yourself? Because knowing yourself and know yourself are two different things in the context of what we're talking about. Yeah, because knowing yourself is something that's very general, that, that all of us, we need to really explore who we are. Um, the know yourself method is something that I developed, which is a very specific way of doing that using um, the knowledge of the four temperaments, but specifically using a knowledge of the traditional four elements and, and the seasons as examples from which to understand yourself and others. Uh, and so it's a very it's a very energetic method in that you observe the seasons and you see the patterns in them and you also try to notice them in people and yourself. I think it's so, really interesting mm-hmm. that we talk about nature um, in reflecting uh, ourselves and what it reveals about us. Because if we're talking mm-hmm. about revealing who we truly are, mm-hmm. and this first episode is called Face Off, how does nature help us reveal ourselves well you know this is really interesting verse in the quran which talks about recognizing the signs in the self and on the horizon and essentially we are not separate from nature we are part of existence and nature is existence so what appears in us also appears in the rest of existence the same patterns exist so like you know everything has stillness and movement everything can be um can have flexibility or, or rigidity. I mean, that, these are patterns you see throughout existence. 
So we don't make that split between as if nature is something separate from us. We are part of existence. And so existence is part of us. I, I think I think it's really fascinating because we often are told spend time in nature. If you want to truly know yourself, spend time in nature. How does then one begin to start to know themselves by spending time in nature? What is it that we are observing or looking for in order to really understand ourselves? Well, I think the first thing that we have to learn to do is to look. And sometimes to look, you have to look without um, an ulterior motive. So you relax. And then what happens is that you're naturally drawn to certain patterns. What you get with Know Yourself is a nice little schema that helps you to learn how to look. Yeah, It helps you to learn how to look. It helps you to learn how to see um, patterns. Yeah, because there are four classic patterns. There's the pattern of heat, which would be movement or heat itself, right? Which is racing. And then there's a pattern of, of coldness, which is the pattern of stillness or slowness, you know, so that you could say, and these are relative. So you can say that this is hotter than that. This is cooler than that. That is faster than that. And that is um, slower than that, right? So it allows you to be rather comparative. Um, and to use those examples, you know, because we give you examples of, of seasons, etc., to learn how to look. Yeah. So you, you're looking almost like through the seasons or through the elements. And it's these elements, isn't it, that make up who we are as well. Um, and, you know, my understanding is that the elements that we see in nature also make up every form of creation there is including humans plants um animals yeah because when when okay you, you get something like the four element view which is earth water fire air and you you find this in many many cultures especially in shamanistic cultures um and that also existed with the greeks and was and also, when you read um, some of the prophetic hadith, you see references to that, especially amongst the Sahaba. So, the, you know, there's something that is almost universal about about this four element understanding. Um, and what it is is a way of observing existence and relating it to the most plentiful phenomenon, right? So you get wind, which is movement and communication. And then you get earth, which is stable and cold and still, right? And firm and strong and not flexible. And then you get um, fire, which is heating and driving and concentrated and so on. And then you get the other pattern of water, which is calming and dispersing and sinks and finds the lowest um, point, etc. So... By using these four elements as patterns, people were able to look and make general observations about animals or or the the geography or whatever or human beings. Mm-hmm. I I actually quite like what appears to be a simplistic way of understanding myself and understanding other people, because. 
I think from my own personal experiences, what you've just said there about earth, water, air and fire, we as humans try and channel all of those elements throughout our lives in various guises, in various areas of our lives, but possibly not doing any of them justice and then wondering where we've gone wrong. Yeah. When I learned about the four types, suddenly I didn't need to know anything else. For me, mm-hmm. this had all the answers. Mm-hmm. And what was particularly interesting, you know, we're talking here about face off, revealing yourself, was that it goes a little bit further than that. Not only do we have these four elements in us, but there is a dominant element mm-hmm. that is the driver, you mention it as the driver, mm-hmm. and the others are the passengers. Is that is that right? I mean, that's that's one way. I mean, that would summarize what I what I say. But I I tend to look at it like you've got one dominant element, which is a container for or a seat for the others, mm. right? And so the others are able to express themselves within that container, right? So, like myself, uh, I have two dominant elements I one of my dominant elements is earth and the other is air okay so what you find is that if i'm tired earth is is, is dominant but the strategies i tend to use are basically earth they're melancholic strategies yeah so that's my container and then but I, I'll use melancholic strategies to employ my sanguine side. Sanguines have natural strategies. And so the melancholic aspect of myself, which wants to know, will then use sanguine communication, etc., to know. So these terms that you're using now, because we've been talking about earth, water, air, fire, yeah. um, these were then um, classified further um, into mm-hmm. four sort of behavioral types you know for want of a better word and you know you mentioned a couple of them there uh, the sanguine um, which reflects air you've got the melancholic that reflects earth and then you've got the other two the phlegmatic that reflects water and the choleric who is fire and shows many of the fire um, qualities um, so you talked there a little bit about having two dominant um, temperaments um, mm-hmm or elements how I mean for me like I said again knowing that there was a dominant suddenly a made sense to me and b simplified my life quite a lot because (laughs) then I didn't need to know I didn't need to be a way that wasn't natural to me and actually Mm -hmm. I could focus on what I was and I think uh, a lot of people, um, unfortunately, don't always know their dominant or, you know, or suppress their dominant, um, you know, way of being. And that could be, you know, due to a number of reasons. And revealing myself through knowing about the temperaments, it was a, a game changer. Well, you know, the, the reason why I, because, I, I, okay, I had studied... And Tib or Yunani Tib could be described as Greco-Arab medicine. And I have been looking at some of the problems I saw in communities that I, I was traveling through. And that was that, first of all, generally 
people value extroverted qualities. And so they take people who were quite introverted and try and make them extroverted. And then you get people who were extremely extroverted and -hmm. people found that irritating. And so they'd punish them for that and want them to be introverted. And the other thing I, I, I sometimes saw was people trying to shape someone into, especially parents, trying to shape their child into something, some ideal that they imagined somewhere. And so I began to to work on the temperaments to bring them into a modern context so that we could begin to deal with some of that. And I found that a lot of, in the traditional way that, that temperaments were transmitted, I found there was a, sometimes a lot of disagreement and sometimes the conclusions that they came to because they had these ideas of racial phenotypes and then the temperament would match the racial phenotypes. Uh, my family comes from South America. Um, we're also included um, regionally within the Caribbean because I'm from Guyana. And we're Creole. We've been mixing for like hundreds of years. So I saw Hakim's um, coming to conclusions and giving prescriptions based upon these assumptions. And they were incorrect because they just did not match, actually match the, what you would call the temperament of the person. And so I decided to step back after having reflected for a number of years. I said, I step back and go, okay, let's deal with the, the, what we would call the, the soul temperament, okay, the Rouhani temperament, that natural. Let's deal with that. So I looked at the personality type. And then let's look at how that relates to how it manifests in the body. Uh, and so out of working and struggling with that, I eventually came to this view, uh, which is the Know Yourself Method and the books that, that, that are available on Amazon, which I write um, about each type. So yeah, so this this is how it came. This is how it came about. I was just going to add that you actually don't make any apology for classifying people into four no. ways of being or four temperaments, and that mm-hmm. can. But that can be. That's I find quite liberating, because when you're first coming across this, you know we're talking about face off, mm-hmm. and and the truth is mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. will feel triggered by this way of thinking. You know, I speak to friends because, you know, I I love everything about temperaments and the framework and the know yourself framework. But when I try and speak to friends, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that something could be so simple and that there's only essentially four ways that you could be. And that in itself is a journey, isn't it? Well, you know, the thing about it is that um, we're in this time that we're really influenced by humanist thought, that the human being is very plastic. So everybody thinks they can be anything. Yes. Now, the way I deal with that with people is, is, is that, could I imagine that Allah gave me unlimited possibilities and did not limit me in any way? How, where would I start? You know, it's like, where would I start? So by limiting you, you're actually offered possibilities yeah. because you can't expand there, so you have to go there. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to start from mm-hmm. because you can really prune 
who you are then by saying, well, I'm not that and I'm not that. I need to maybe work on this, but let's just leave that for now. Mm -hmm. Let me first accept who I am and the truth of that. Let me yeah. let me just sort of realize that first. And then you can yeah. start to work um, on the other aspects because one of the things about knowing yourself isn't that one temperament is better than another or it's about working in tandem with all four to create a balance and we're going to speak about balance in the in the next episode so I'm not going to sort of linger on it too much here but how do we then start to use um, this framework because it's a huge framework you know you've just said there it limits you but it actually gives you endless possibilities yeah well look if you're that type of person that really needs to think things through before you say them, really needs to think things through before you do them, then what you have to recognize is that I need to give myself time before I start to start working things out. It means that if you're that kind of person, when you're, let's say you're part of a project team, then your natural strategy is to know things is to research things. And then you might get somebody else who is really quite creative and doesn't need to know in that way, but they get into projects by diving in and playing and seeing how things move, etc. right? So what happens is that these two really work well together because when this one is playing, he says, well, that happened because of that. And that happened because of that, try that. Oh, so, okay, so if I can try that, I can do that. And the two of them can bounce off each other, right? So often what I was seeing was that people were demanding that the people working in teams behave in the way that they thought they should. And they were denying themselves access to the natural genius of people. Um, also with myself, I found that uh, many people really had a problem with my my own natural genius because often I come across quite sanguine, right? Quite creative. And then you drop into this really deep thought, yeah? And so often people did not know, they did not quite know what to make of me. Um, and then after they had made their own assumptions, you know, meeting the sanguine or meeting the melancholic, then they would want to manage the one that they didn't want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I really found that often, you know, modern man has a lot of knowledge, but he's quite ignorant. Yeah. And those systems, because they were based upon a lot of really deep reflection and they were built around action. They're quite, quite subtle, quite sophisticated, but they lend themselves to changing behavior. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And not in an idaic way, because often, you know, we get an ideal and then we want to shape the thing to be the ideal. This, is, this really cuts through idealism. It goes, what's actually going on? Let's feel that. Let's check that out. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and for me, this is what's possibly changed my relationships over the last 18 months. Discovering this is that... I am who I am and they are who they are and I am able to meet them where they're at because I understand that they are not me 
And mm-hmm. when I understood that, it improved my relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, you were talking about, especially at work, especially in the workplace, when you know random people are thrown together and you have no choice but to work together. Um, you know, we do have an ideology of what we want our colleagues to be like, but I have to say, in the last year or so, discovering my temperament, I have used that to my benefit at work. And I think the right people around you will nurture that, Mm -hmm. will nurture that. If they've got the insight to understand that uh, you're not like them, but actually you're still getting on with the job, but maybe in a, in a different way. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a really, it's a really beautiful um, relationship mm-hmm. to have with people at work. But like you said, uh, most people would never understand that. I've been in jobs where, you know, you leave because it's a behavioral issue in the end. I think most people leave because they clash with people and that's where, you know, you don't understand each other. Um so, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, revealing our true selves, but actually in revealing, in knowing who we are, we begin to understand who others are as well. And that means that you yeah. hold space for other people too. They might not hold space for you, but I'm, my experiences, my very limited experiences so far is that when I'm holding space for other people because I understand where they're coming from, I'm naturally in a better position to deal with them as well. And the dynamic changes, even if they don't understand, something shifts. Precisely. Because a lot of this, a lot of the the way that I built up the Know Yourself Method, I really used Sufism a lot. So it's because what you recognize is that if I change, the universe has changed, right? So people often feel quite powerless, but no, you, what you do is you turn and you focus on your change, knowing that everything has changed. And so you then can settle into to your own power, to the power that Allah gave you. Uh, you know, and that's actually really beautiful because once you realize and recognize who you are and start to use that for your benefit, like you said, the things around you change because you've got that confidence in order to be to kind of move forward with it, you know. Um, when I recognized there were certain mm-hmm. things about my temperament that I had to just use, you know, I couldn't deny that they were part of who I was. Now that I started to get the confidence to use that, mm-hmm. like you said, the things around you change. The things like what? <laughs> um, I think particularly... <laughs> I okay, so if, we, if we're talking, if it's faces off, I'll take <laughs> my face off <laughs> and uh, and I'll reveal a little bit. Um, I think for me in particular was knowing that um, I probably had quite natural leadership skills, but I probably wasn't utilizing mm-hmm. them in particular areas of mm-hmm. my life. And that was probably because of societal expectations of what it means to be a good Asian girl, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's only in the last couple of years that I feel confident in my voice and being able to express myself. But it's took me a long time to realize that. But knowing that, knowing that I have that naturally, and there's no denying that, yes, I am, you know, I am confident and I do like to lead. 
and I'm quite good at it. I'm quite good at it, mm-hmm. you know. I think that was that was the thing mm-hmm. that I'm yeah. good at it, and knowing that. Yeah, because part of your natural <laughs> genius. But because I remember when I met you, when I the first time I spoke to you, I said, and I I I think did I ask you to look at your photo or something? You looked at my photo, and there might have been a swear word involved. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said, "Oh, you said because <laughs> you're really choleric." You said, "Oh crap, you're choleric." <laughs> <laughs> you're really choleric. Yeah, <laughs> and you didn't like that. Yeah, um, I didn't like it because a couple of people. That was the time when I was sort of discovering who I was, and I was like, "Are you sure I'm choleric? Are you sure?" And all my friends, everybody around me said, "You are choleric as can be." And it's really interesting how other people see those qualities in you before you see them but when you start to recognize mm-hmm. them and not only recognize them you start to love them about yourself mm-hmm. and you know you said something about you know channeling those strengths to be you know to be the mm-hmm. best version of you and it doesn't matter which temperament you are as long as you can channel those beautiful qualities of each temperament to make it work for mm-hmm. you yeah. The things around you change if you only have the confidence to be who you really are. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have an experience which is similar, but it's, it's the opposite, right? Because I was really horrid at timekeeping. So I was always late. And so after really reflecting on it, I realized, okay, well, these are not natural strategies that I have. So there were two people in my life at that point who were there a lot, and they were always on time. There was a guy who was very melancholic, who was Ms. Anjum, and there's my wife, Finola, and she, they were always on time. So I, I observed them, and, and my wife is, a, is, is, a, is another choleric, and um, so I observed them because I recognized that I didn't understand those tracks, I just mimicked them. Mm. And as I mimicked them, I learned to be on time. And then it began to make sense to me. So rather than me trying to understand it from the beginning, I copied them because I recognized that that was their genius. And there was no need for me to be arrogant enough to figure that I got to understand it perfectly before I do it. And I just copied them. And I turned, I think within a month, since then, I've, I've, I, I've been late. I can count the times I've been late on my hands. I, I love this. Again, you know, when we're talking about revealing yourself, you know, face off, accepting who we are, accepting who we're not. But in that, mm-hmm. that is not an excuse to say, well, I'm always late. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And just by making those little changes to say, well, I'll observe somebody who is um, on time. I'm, I'm, you know, it's not naturally who I am, but. It, it, it certainly became a habit for you. I, my, my mm-hmm. son said something funny last night, actually. He's a sanguine through and through, pure sanguine. And he said to me yesterday, mm-hmm. he came and sat down on the sofa and he said, I want to be an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him. Good luck. I said, that's, that's what I said to him. So I sat him down and I said to him, your natural inclination is sanguine. You will always want to connect with people. You will always want to speak. And you know you love being around people. And he said, I want to be like my cousin Zainab. And I said to him, who is a melancholic, I said to him, so you observe her. I said, there is nothing wrong in being an introvert. Actually, that's a really beautiful thing for a sanguine to be able to sit still. (laughs) So I said, I said, Mm -hmm. observe her. I said, it probably will never be your natural tendency. 
but watch what she does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just, you know, listening to you about mimicking, um, I hope Mm -hmm. that he understands that his real true self, (laughs) he's never going to be an introvert, is he? (laughs) Well, you you could try. I mean, this is the lovely thing is that you try and um, it never works like your like your natural genius does. But I think it's lovely that he wants to achieve a balance though. And maybe he's trying to think, will that help me, you know, by channeling my melancholic, will that help me achieve a balance? And I'm sure that in later podcasts we probably will talk about well, we are going to talk about balance in the in in the next podcast. So I don't want to, you know, yeah. because there's so much to say. Um mm-hmm. just going back to what you're saying about um mimicking, that knowing yourself and the know yourself framework using the four temperaments isn't about being amazing at everything Mm -hmm. it's about being really good at your natural the natural qualities that are god-given would you say and then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you have a natural genius you shine naturally at that genius so let that excel and then shore up the bits that don't that that aren't strong you know and if there's some aspects of yourself which are just missing then you know, sometimes you learn to depend on people who have them, mm. right? But it, it, I find that in that way, it, it gave me a certain kind of humility, mm. Mm. i.e., that I recognize that other people have their genius, yeah. um, and there's something that I'm, I am working with right now is, you know, I, is really trying to make sure that you, you employ the genius of the people within your circle, and one of the things I'm finding is that often when I get myself into real trouble is when I haven't done that. Like you ask someone for advice and you know that they're a choleric, you know that their advice is going to be goal oriented. Okay. But that's fine. You, what you want to hear is what they see because other people have eyes Mm -hmm. and you might ask somebody and they're a phlegmatic and you know that their advice is going to be about feelings and about observations. And, um, and and slow to jump to take action. You know, it's not it's not going to be straight into action. It's going to be about observation and feel. And they'll tell you, oh well, you know, yeah. maybe you want to see how that feels first before you make a choice. You know, you can't just make hard because they don't make yeah. hard and fast yeah. decisions like that. So by benefiting from their eyes, from what they see, you then. If you take responsibility for the decision at the end, you're not going to blame them. Then you can take that information which you don't naturally have and hopefully make better decisions. And in, in the beginning, sometimes you make you, you make really awful decisions. But if you learn, if you commit to learning and cleaning up your messes, then what you find is that you learn how to consult and take better cons- decisions. Yeah, and for me, it was interesting because... There's this ayah which goes uh, that the believers are those who who seek mutual consultation. They make sure of. Yeah. For me also, it was how do I bring myself into um, accord with that ayah in a way that's that's based upon wisdom. I think you've hit a, a very reflective point there because in what you've just said there, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. And one of those thoughts was often when people give us advice or when we ask for advice, we're triggered inside us. But knowing yourself and holding space for other people means exactly that, that you listen to advice with wisdom. 
And then you mm-hmm. can step back and say, well, that person, like you said about the cleric, they're always going to give you advice with a goal in mind, with the with the phlegmatic. It's always going to be from a very nurturing perspective, I find, you know, phlegmatics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are very nurturing with their advice and very people pleasing and they don't want to hurt mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But knowing that, knowing that I will actually approach certain people based on their temperament, mm-hmm. depending on the kind of advice I want to get. Now, whether Which is I... a very choleric way of dealing with it. <laughs> oh you know I was going to say I'm being really clever like that but actually (laughs) um, sometimes if I want something completely different I'll go to my phlegmatic friends my melancholic friends because the advice that they give me if I'm going to be using wisdom I'm going to come away and say there might actually be some good in that especially for my melancholic friends who say but Salma can you not see the problems (laughs) (laughs) do you think that's a really good idea have you looked at the detail and one thing I've realized um, over the last 18 months in my sort of own studies is that the melancholic is brilliant at that and at one time I would have said I don't need your advice melancholic I know what I'm doing but actually I will sit now with people who actually give very good advice and things that I wouldn't have thought about and that's what I mean about the triggers at one point Maybe we would have felt triggered by advice. But when you start to become a bit invested in the framework, you can actually start to see that the strengths of the temperaments and what they bring. Well, I, I, I tend to look at it like, okay, you have to become adult because a child wants to hear what they want to hear. They want what they want, right? Sometimes regardless of the consequences. So this is about how do you begin to work in the world that you become quite adult. So you can listen to advice. You can listen to perspectives. You can empathize with those perspectives that you don't agree with, Mm. but you can understand it from their perspective. You can understand where that is coming from. Um, And then at the end of it, you can say, well, I think it's wrong, but I can understand why they look at it like that. Right? This is really about becoming adult. And often I find everybody wants you to agree with them. Mm. They want you to see it from their perspective. And, and I find it in our, in our modern world, which is supposed to be so, um, so accommodating, is really intolerant and tolerant. It's supposed to be tolerant. It's really intolerant about views of people that come from a different place. They cannot empathize with it, right? They can't understand that other people may have different moral frameworks. Right, and there's this famous story of um, this Greek group that went to visit the Persian king, and they were talking about culture, and they were talking about as if there was some kind of universalism, right, in 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 cultural and moral in moral positions. So he had some people in his court who um, they ate their dead, so he called them, so he said to them. He said, what do you think about people eating their dead? This is the Greeks. They went, oh, you know, God, no, that's awful. That's terrible. And so he asked them about, so, well, yes, of course, you have to eat your dead. You know, we have to get, you know, the body, the person's died. And, da, 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 yeah. and, they, and they had this whole rant. And he said, well, you see that people have, moralities are based are like that. You know, people have their different perspectives. So, it's this capacity 
to 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 listen and understand where people are singing from without necessarily having to assume in yourself that you agree with mm. them but to understand why they may do what they do what motivates people and i find that that aspect of the method has been one of the most useful to me yeah because you know we often say people will say things like um i don't judge but human beings you know we'd be in order to act and make decisions you have to judge but at least understand where the person is coming from yeah and and what they yeah. have to bring to the conversation as well um you yeah. know i th- i think we've seen this in various guises i'm thinking of edward de bono's um hats i don't know if you know his um yeah six thinking six hats thinking hats yeah. you know i'm thinking exactly that mm-hmm. so you know we we see this way of thinking in so many different ways and you know sometimes i look at my really balanced friends who don't know anything about the know yourself framework or the temperaments and i just think how have you just got it <laughs> like i've had to learn about the temperaments there's some phlegmatic in there usually right oh my god yes yes yeah i'm thinking of my so, yeah, yeah i'm thinking exactly of somebody in my head um and she's a phlegmatic sanguine really beautiful balance and i just think how wonderful absolutely wonderful that you have that without having to know i mean obviously this is you know she's she has that naturally whereas you know i've had to learn about it and uh read about it and <laughs> but i think it's beautiful um you know and and just from what you've been saying i know we've been using um you know some terminology like you know the, the temperaments and so on and anybody who wants to know more probably you know your book would be a, a brilliant place to start because i know that that's where i started learning about um not the know yourself framework um and mm-hmm. you you wrote um one your first book was explaining all the temperaments and a little bit of background about you know what the temperaments are embedded in i think that would be a really good starting point because i found it was a very it's a very short book and you can easily read it in a couple of hours but every word had so much substance and meaning um that's a book that i keep going back to again and again mm. so i think that would be a really good starting point if if anybody was interested in um learning more about the temperaments um i think ab- above all what learning about the temperaments and recognizing who i really am i think what that has done for me and i think we've kind of touched on it is as well as giving me confidence um to accept who i am and then to use that it's it's really empowering isn't it it's really empowering it's really gives you a real insight into who you are and most of all it really gives you a clarity into your own self and your at, at a soul level you know we talk we're going deep now we're going deep this isn't just knowing mm-hmm. yourself this is knowing yourself at a soul level how how does it all connect and especially you know with with the soul how is having that clarity connected with yeah. the well, well you know I, I if you when you go on to the the ones about the different temperaments so there's the know yourself sanguine which is yeah. published and then there's know yourself choleric so in the at, the at the end of those i i really begin to explore that and in each one i explore it a bit further so basically what you have is that from your parents you inherit a body 
Yeah. So the the sperm from your father, the egg from your mother, they join the zygote is there, then that that has its own nature. And then at the time that the fetus begins to quicken, then the that is when the soul or the ruh has been blown into that body. The angels bring that. And um, at that point, the soul begins to establish its rule it, it, because these energetic pathways happen from the heart. Okay. And those energetic pathways are, you know, it's similar in a way to that of the acupuncture pathways, but these are deeper ones. Okay. And so then it begins to, to establish its rule and, and, and it, then it manifests different aspects of the personality of that rule by connecting at organs. So when you've got issues with a particular organ, you'll find that some parts of the personality will change. Okay. So what we're able to understand using Know Yourself, now this is therapeutically, is how the personality manifests and how changes in in health affect that okay so that's how mm. i think that this became quite different well not different it built upon what was there before because often you'd find quite um they you know they didn't like melancholics <laughs> okay <laughs> um and um, sometimes you'd be quite harsh with cholerics, mm. and they love um, they love sanguines, and they think phlegmatics are lazy. Mm. Um, but as I really began to reflect on it, I realized that no, this is not like that at all. Um, they each has their peculiar genius. So if you're measuring that genius with by the standards of a choleric, then mm. phlegmatics are lazy. If you're measuring it by the st the standards of the phlegmatic then yeah. cholerics are crazy. Why the hell would you do that to yourself? And so on. And if you're judging it from the standards of um, uh, melancholic, well, why are you doing all of that if you don't understand? You need to understand, you need to know what you're doing. And if you're doing it from the perspective of, of, a, of, a, of a sanguine, well, I don't need to know all of that. We start. It starts to make sense. It will reveal itself. It's fine. Trust, trust. Right? So each each is singing from a different energetic place. And, mm -hmm. and it's very easy to be biased, isn't it? It's very mm -hmm. easy to see your opposite temperament in the worst possible light. But actually, when you understand the temperaments, you start to you start, you know, we keep going back to this, you start to realize their strengths rather than, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, the the stereotype that often comes with these temperaments, you know, and, and actually I did want to touch upon that, you know, is it fair to typecast um, in this way of knowing yourself? Because it's so easy to, like you said, the cleric is angry, the cleric is crazy, the phlegmatic is lazy. How... Do we, if we're going to start this journey, and if you know, lis our listeners listening to this want to get started, how do we avoid that pitfall? I would say, of typecasting negatively, and not thinking that we are better than any other temperament. You, you're going to make that mistake, and it's 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 actually good to make that mistake because there's a mm -hmm. point at which you'll make that mistake. But as you keep looking, 
yeah. you're going to end up being quite humbled. Well, I, I still think I'm the best. <laughs> and no one could uh, well, disagree. Well, I would I would agree with you that it would have to me. Absolutely. What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you know it's me. Um, but, but it's really interesting because once you start to recognize who you are and the strengths that you come with, then, you know, I did it myself, you know, and the ego. I think you have to be very wary of whether you want to call it the ego, whether you want to call it the nafs. It, it can kind of come to the fore a little bit and, you know, you start to get a little bit cocky. You start to get a bit full of yourself and say, well, this is who I am and I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's only, like you said, the more you read into it and the more you think and the more you realise that it's not just about you. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and going back to the fact that actually all four are within us, when, when I realised that all four are within us and I have to channel all four, mm -hmm. you know, I think my ego started to pipe down a little bit then. <laughs> well, well, you know, for me, it was slightly different. It was, okay, well, this didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? If I'd done it like this, okay, well, let me look at the strategies. Aha, so if I had dealt with this like a phlegmatic, there's no way I would have fallen into the situation. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Aha, uh -huh. you know, and, and so that's how it worked for me because I realized, okay, so I did, rushed in. I did this in the way, because I, you know, I often talk about the blind marksman, right? Being like a blind marksman. So you have a natural strategy. Okay. So, and your natural strategy is to raise the gun and shoot and just point and shoot. So you're just raising the gun, pointing and shooting all the time. And that's that because you've been doing that all your life. You just want to keep doing that, right? Well, when it hurts, mm. then you can either keep pointing and shooting or you change. And when you change, because the strategies that you have access to naturally are the ones that got you in trouble. So then you have to look at somebody else's. Mm. And I found that quite humbling because I found that mm. there were sometimes I would look and or ask and there were people who never got themselves into that situation. So me with my really strong intellect, et cetera, okay, how the hell did and their intellect isn't as strong? So why? How did they how did they get past that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a phlegmatic. They got past it with their intuition. Oh, mm. <laughs> you know. So I found that 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 Amazing. that was what really helped to humble me. Yeah, and I think that for many people, that bit of the journey is probably the hardest because, like you said, you've always done something, and you feel most of the time it's probably worked for you. So this is the thing: most of the strategies that we've employed probably have worked for us but have they maximized what we could have done they've worked for us they've gotten us through life uh, I, I i i would like to raise a, a point here what i find is that the strategies work when they didn't work they were somebody else's fault <laughs> yes. right and so because in the know yourself method you really have to own your you have to own mm. your action and your outcome then that becomes more and more uncomfortable of a position to sustain, right? So then at that point, then you have to look at another strategy mm. because if it hurt, then you have to own the fact that what you did and what you, because if it, if it's hurt the fifth time, then what you did those five times is not working. Mm. So now you have to find another way. And then there's this really fascinating hadith, which is in Sahih Muslim, which, which hit me, which is um, the believer 
is not bitten by the same snake twice. And that had me. I said, well, I could understand if it's like three times. So something happens once, it happens again. No, but what I realized is that what I learned as I reflected on it is that if the thing didn't work, then don't do exactly the same thing again. Right? But when you're in the blame game, you keep doing the same thing and everybody else is to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Accountability. Again, you know, we can, the, the, what it's, this framework teaches you, you know, we talk about developing confidence and empowering you and giving you clarity with this sense of accountability as well. You cannot get away from being accountable to yourself once you know yourself. And one thing I've realized is that um, I've been channeling more and more of my melancholic, really. And that was very difficult for me. Very, extremely, extremely difficult. There was a lot of resistance. And I think when you start the journey, you'll find resistance in many different ways. I know phlegmatic friends who find channeling their cleric extremely difficult. And I'm looking at them thinking, just do it, (laughs) you know? But for them, it's very, very difficult. Um, so for me, channeling my melancholic was very difficult. I knew I needed to do that because like you said, we're accountable and we then begin to take responsibility for our behavior. We can't blame other people. So recently um, I've had to really sort of channel my melancholic in order to actually just sit down and do some work, you know, simple mm-hmm. as that, sit down and do some work and to write and to think reflectively and to look at the detail And it took me a number of days of psyching myself up to put myself into that place where I could do that Mm. work, you know. Mm. But when I did it, it was beautiful. And after I came through it, I was like, that was actually a really wonderful experience for me because I channeled an energy that I haven't used or I neglect, that I've Mm -hmm. neglected. And I need to look after mm-hmm. that. I need to look after that energy a little bit more. I need to nurture it mm-hmm. and respect it a little yeah. bit more, really. Yeah. And, and and what you also realize is that if you're going to access the more underdeveloped aspects of yourself, you have to give yourself more space and more time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I remember, um, although I am, I am melancholic, I'm also quite sanguine. Mm. And if I'm bored... You, you don't want me bored. I mean, I, mm. I am the most disruptive creature when I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. And um, and often that would get me in trouble in because, you know, I, I, I can be quite quiet and quietly poke and disrupt, right? Like uh, there's an aspect of melancholics that can do that mm. really well. Uh, and that, especially in institutional, because I'm not good. I am not good institutionally. So I'm not the kind of person you can place in an institution and fix in that place. I I don't do that well at all. I am quite anarchic. So I've often found real difficulty with that. And so in order to do that, I really have to bring that melancholic aspect of myself out a lot more. But I also recognize that they can't sustain it for very long. Mm. Okay. So it's been really interesting for me because doing university on Zoom has been great because I can have my own rhythm, etc. That's been great. And um, what I've realized is that, okay, 
you really no you, you you really have to be brutally honest because whether you like it or not if you are if if you if you behave in certain ways you're going to face the consequences mm-hmm. right and having faced the consequences you could turn around and go okay well they did that and they did that and but the question is once you recognize who they are and you still have the same problem mm. then it's on your head yeah right yeah. because you've recognized who they are but you still did the same thing and you still have the same problem so then you have to change mm. so i find that aspect of the know yourself because you never in that way you never become so good that you don't have a problem mm. but but when you become real when you become authentic mm-hmm. people do vibe off that people do respect and recognize that you know those especially who are quite balanced anyway they will allow you to be authentic and real because some people hate it too really it rubs some people up the wrong way it really does yeah especially if somebody is committed to uh behaving in idealistic ways etc so they've got ideas of how people yes. should behave what they should do etc they find and and they can't mm. control you they find it it they go mad again it's it's, it's this aspect of mm-hmm. control isn't it not letting people be and one of the things about the framework is you let go of you know wanting to control the way people think the way people mm-hmm. behave the way people feel because you understand that that is something you can't yeah. control yeah and um, and one of the things about about doing that is that it allows a kind of wellness to come out yes and yes yeah yes it allows a wellness i mean we have we haven't even touched on um you know we won't kind of really sort of touch on you know dealing with others very briefly behaviors um but actually and you know you've touched on the fact that physically this framework it's a holistic framework isn't it it's it's when you know yourself you can look at your physical health you can look at your emotional well-being you can look at your behaviors your habits and even um your spirituality would you say it's all impacted. well you can't separate any of it because one of the things we have to recognize is that everything is happening in the same place right your emotions aren't in beijing and your psychology in new york and then your physicality is in london right you are where you are your ex- mm-hmm. your emotions are experienced in your body etc your and your spirit is there so if you don't take responsibility for the consequences of how you act then it's going to impact upon you spiritually if you can't accept mm-hmm. yourself then it's going to impact on you psychologically emotionally and spiritually and physically mm, physically yeah, yeah. and it yeah. could be as simple as as not recognizing that you know like often people will mistake tiredness for laziness um and mm. so on and if if you can't accept that you're tired and recognize when you're tired then you're going to have health issues then you're going to have you're going to end up with psychological issues mm. and it's going to impact you emotionally I think one of the things that I'm starting to pick up now is about the physical effects and probably because as I'm getting older it's something I'm having to think about a little bit more. Um you know when you're younger you kind of think you're invincible and you can survive. Oh, well, sorry, I I still think I'm invincible. I must be younger. Well, you well so you, so you know what I'm talking about when I say you can last without sleep, you can last without 
nutrition. You can live on <laughs> Diet Coke for three days solid and drink mm. nothing else. You know, you can party and go on benders, mm. halal benders. But as I'm getting older, again, health is something, it's a big, big, you know, umbrella. And what the framework has done for me is allowed me to focus on things that I might be predisposed to. So again, you know, this is not as black and white as as we're saying, because you, this is your area and you, you know, you see, this is where you've worked in hundreds, you know, I was going to say hundreds of years. <laughs> well, I, 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 I guess it must be the way I look. <laughs> but you're only 35 though. Um, but I was meant to say, you know, you're probably diagnosed hundreds of thousands of people um but one of the things that i found the framework very useful is i know my strengths when it comes um to my physical health and that was something i didn't understand but knowing um that i have particular strengths uh, but then recognizing that actually i could be predisposed to x y and z and i need to maybe you know look you mean weaknesses the word that you don't want to use (laughs) I said predisposed yeah weaknesses I mean again even using that language as well isn't it it's it's being real you know when we're talking about the nature of this podcast we're talking about face off and it is about yes those weaknesses Mm -hmm. within us yeah Yeah. you know it's really fascinating because when I'm tired there's some things that happen one of them is that or I'm really stressed I get hungry I get hungry I get Mm non-specific hunger it can't you know i eat and eat and eat and eat and i can't satisfy it so that's one problem the next one i get is i get untidy right and if i don't do anything then i get combative and miserable Mm. and then often quite insensitive you know not noticing things and saying say and you know and i have some friends who will recognize that i'm tired uh, one particular friend who, you know, if I'm on the phone, say, look, you, I'm sorry, what you just said was really rude. And what? Say, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to hang up. You need to go and rest. Don't call me until you've slept enough. <laughs> right. And this is because I have friends mm. who have read Know Yourself, mm. etc. And so we've implemented it in our lives. Mm. So we can be a support. So they're not upset by the fact well yes I, i'm afraid that on that day that i got that that was what i said was particularly upsetting right but i was really tired and so these are things like red flags that i began to notice mm. for being tired right um, and because of that very melancholic side when i am being insensitive i'm explaining a way to you why you're doing this or why this is going on and I can't, it doesn't register, right? So it also allows you to really deal with those aspects of yourself, which can be a bit unsavory, mm. right? Mm. So instead of, ah, the other thing I do is I procrastinate if I'm really tired. So I'd be tired and i delay the prayer. And so sometimes I used to think I was a monafic, as a hypocrite. Mm. Um, but now I just go sleep. Right. When I'm, I'm rested, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to, to do the prayer on time, you know, <laughs> and so on, because I'm not tired. Well, you, you've recognized that in yourself and you put those strategies in place. In place. 
Yeah, and that's yeah. come out of really working with with the method. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, what, what you're saying about the unsavory aspects of ourselves. I mean, that's really where the real, you know, where we're talking about face off, the real reveal comes when mm-hmm. we are ready to accept the things we don't like about us um, and, mm-hmm. and, and willing to work on those. Um, and that's hard. That's hard. Well, it's it's not as hard as dealing with the fallout of those aspects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like once you accept responsibility, then you have to face up. Well, this happened. I don't like it. It didn't work. Mm. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Not what they must do. Um, and I find that sometimes people find that difficult because... Once you submit to that, you're changing. You're not static, right? So if they're not changing, they feel really, really threatened. And they're invested in staying still. That takes a lot of energy. Yeah. 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 Yes. So as you change, then often what will happen is that they may feel more challenged. So then you have to invest in the aspect of, of noise, which is about mm. really becoming a bit more diplomatic right but like if you're choleric there's only so much diplomacy that you're going to bother to invest in because <laughs> you want to move on <laughs> okay and so on so i that, i found it really interesting mm. just that aspect of it it's interesting because i mean this could be a huge conversation in itself um but as you change your relationships with people change and like you said some people will stay still some people will um, recognize that you're actually working on yourself and they mm-hmm. recognize that you're maximizing whatever potential you have and they want to join you on that journey. And and I find that being on this journey, the people that I'm meeting along the way and sharing my journey, people, are, you know, you have sort of two camps. You have those who really love it and want to know more about it and want to start that journey for themselves. And then you also have people who, you know, quite uh, <laughs> quite cynical. Uh, I'm not saying that they're yeah. all melancholics. <laughs> well, not only that, but you get, um, sometimes you get people that are invested. They, they may invested in a position that they hold and, or, yeah, they're invested. Yeah. And they're terrified of losing what they've invested in. So if you're bringing something that brings a lot of change, mm. then you threaten their investment. And I think the point that you make about being diplomatic is really important because once you're on this journey and you gain that clarity into your own self, you know, when you see it, you can't unsee it. This will change your life. Um, So you're going to be moving ahead, but actually needing to recognize at the same time that, you, you know, you were saying that dealing with people with diplomacy and tact, it does start to become very important because you've seen something inside of you and maybe people are at a different place and they don't recognize it yet within themselves Mm -hmm. or they don't recognize they don't recognize it in you but they know something's happening and they don't quite understand it and relationships can become a little bit fraught exactly but also you can use it in, in another way because sometimes I use it to keep people away from me that I that it just won't work so I'm moving ahead. I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, I can see that they're uncomfortable, mm. and I give them a chance to to move on, 
And if they don't, I continue. But just that energy, yeah. they just don't want to be with you. They just don't want to yeah. be around you. Yeah. Because often what we'll do is we'll try and bend over backwards to facilitate mm-hmm. people. And, uh, and I don't have the patience for too much of that. Okay. And as a result of that, there was a part of my life in which I really overdid that. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you're supposed to deal with your nerves. And I realized eventually that that wasn't working. So I had to find a balance in traveling, giving people a chance, but committing to my own journey. Mm. So what you realize is that if, if you're doing this to be loved by everyone, well, good luck to you, right? If you weren't loved by everyone before, you're certainly not going to be loved by everyone at the end. Uh, and it takes a very, very balanced type of personality for people to be like, and everybody doesn't have that. And usually when oh. people have that, there's a bit of, of, there's a strong bit of phlegmatic involved. And, right? and that's, yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. phlegmatic. So, so like my type, I, I, you know, I am, I can really rub people up the wrong way. Okay. That's part of the type because I have to move. I have to think I have to do right. I'm driven. So people find that difficult. Um, so you have to accept also that, okay, this is part of who I am. And then you get somebody like, I don't know if you know Adam Kelwick, mm. yes. who is, you know, Alhamdulillah, is one of the nicest people I've ever met. But you can see that there's a, there's a, there's a good lot of phlegmatic in there, mm. right? Mm. And, and um, yeah, so you get people and you recognize, okay, that's his gift, right? And that's fine. I don't want it. <laughs> So the other thing about it is that you can become you can become jealous of a quality that you see in others mm. without becoming envious. Yes. Right? Because yeah, you can see, ah, they have that. Like Salma. Ah, look, Salma is she's a choleric um phlegmatic. <laughs> no, no, cleric sanguine. <laughs> she's a choleric sanguine. So Salma yes, yes. keeps moving, she's the life of the party, etc. Right? So I can become jealous of that. But I don't want it. I don't become envious, right? The, the envy comes when somebody has a quality, you don't think they should have it. And sometimes you think that you should have it. So then you become yes. destructive. On that note, though, on the flip side, I've realized, again, through the journey, that if I want to be phlegmatic, I'll hang around people who are phlegmatic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just so then I can absorb some of that energy because rather than be like you said be resentful of the fact that I don't have it or being jealous that they do um and what I'm really jealous about the phlegmatics let me tell you because phlegmatics I love them I have a really weak spot for phlegmatics in my life they're so observant and the reflections they come out with the insights they come out with so beautiful you know and and we all know they're very calm and soothing and it's like a balm when you're talking very diplomatic very diplomatic, very diplomatic, subhanAllah, beautiful, beautiful energies when they're balanced and the complete opposite of me. So I know that when I'm around phlegmatics and I recognize that. So that's the thing. There's always this shift. And I think, especially on social media, to be the most reflective, to come out with words that are beautiful and will touch everybody's heart. I know that only a phlegmatic is going to be able to do that well. You know, I know I could sit there for two days and not come up with something that phlegmatic can come with, you know, in 10 seconds flat. 
And mm. I know that's just not my, that's just not my yeah. way. But it was really easy to kind of get, especially on social media, to get into that sort of thing, mode of thinking that I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough because I can't come up with that. But then recognising that that's just not yeah. me. Yeah, but then you have to recognise who you are. Exactly. Like, exactly. there's a quality I see in yourself, which is very similar to mine. I will jump in. I'm the kind of fellow, who, if, if there was a battle going on, I'm jumping into the yeah. in most intense part of it. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> and when I was growing up, the people with me knew that, that that's who I am. Right? I'll come to your rescue. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> there, there was a... Um, there was, there was a group of guys yesterday who were fighting outside the park. A group of men, can I just say, mm-hmm. fighting. I stood there and I ran because I just wanted to be in the thick of it. And I thought, what is driving me to get involved in a fight amongst these men? Because they will kill me. They will kill me. Mm-hmm. But that was my natural instinct. Was yeah, but, that's, but, but often that spirit, yeah. people react to the spirit yeah. and they yeah, recoil. So it's really interesting because um, the point is you have to recognize your genius. Yeah. Right? We all have a genius. So they can be as diplomatic as they like. That's fine, right? I know that I'm the guy who's going to go down, you know, like when I saw the problem and I started looking at temperaments, etc. I had to plunge in, mm. right? And that's part of my nature. I felt impelled to plunge in. Right. And, you know, the, the nice thing about the sanguine is that you're quite optimistic. So I plunged in with a very high opinion of what Allah would give me. And, and he gave it to me. He doesn't disappoint. So different people bring what they bring. So what's interesting about this, it allows you to bring to the table what you bring. And nobody can be better at that than you. And um, I have a daughter. She's an incredible artist. And she was doing something and we were talking. I said, well, nobody can do what you do. All you have to do is really shine with with your own light. Mm. Because Allah only created one of you. Mm. And I think because everybody talks about self-confidence. And I, I honestly find that a waste of time. I think it's a con. Mm. Once you begin to dwell in your genius, then something happens, right? Something happens. And it's not a confidence that you have to build. It comes from your core. It's a wildness. And that will trump confidence every time. Because I've had people come and I'm looking at the situation. I know that that's my weakness. Mm. I know that that's my strength. And I will choose, I will engage them on the ground of my choosing. You get to choose, right. you get to choose. And I, I love this because society, you know, expects you to be confident in this or that. But actually, when you're looking at it from the, 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 the ground up, it then the way you begin to see yourself changes because you're not imposing all these expectations on you and this idea of exactly. confidence. Yeah, you get to choose, exactly. you get to choose your, your, your strength. Yeah. 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 And that wildness, I think, and, and also what happens is that when you, when you begin to manifest that, mm. you have to realize that some people, especially if people are ambitious and they want to do big projects, etc., then they recognize your genius and they want to make use of it. If people just want to stay where they are, you're a threat, okay? Mm. A caloric's a threat. Mm. 
So also what it allows you to do is not only to see the temperament of people, but the temper of situations, the quality of situations. And so you don't expect uh, a banana tree to give you dates, right? If you want dates, you go to a date tree. So involve yourself in arenas or zones where your qualities can be appreciated. And sometimes that is about finding your people and finding your tribe. And that's another thing I think the journey kind of teaches you is you look around you and you think, well, who am I around? And am I bringing benefit to those around me? And are they bringing benefit to me? Maybe that's a very cleric way of thinking, but you do start to become a little bit more purposeful in the way you think. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I find myself, I have tribes. I don't have a tribe. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So certain things I'll go with this. I'll, yeah. I'll be like, I have a friend who um, I went walking with the other day, who is a musician. He's a genius. He's a man called Rod Payton. And he developed a therapeutic method called life music. Right. So we, we can walk and we can talk really ranging conversations. Yeah. And so, yes, I do that with him. Then I have friends who um, I did martial arts with and we meet and we like to fight. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you have these tribes. Yes, you, you recognize that, okay, that aspect of myself comes out here. Yeah. That aspect of myself comes out there. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes what I'll do is I will bring certain people into the mix as well based on their temperament, knowing what they bring to that mix, you know, just to... Mm-hmm change the dynamic or to balance the dynamic a little mm-hmm. bit as well. But like you said, you know, if I want to have fun, I will go to a certain group of people. If I want reflection and, and deep thought, I'll go to certain people. Mm-hmm. It is such a, you know, it's such a, um, it's a really lovely way really because a lot of these, you, because then, then you're talking to people and getting what you want or you're around people and getting what you want rather than she didn't understand me or he didn't understand me. But then did you speak to the right person or the person, you know, you needed to? Yeah. Um, and and it's really interesting because I don't know the last time I've said something like that because what I've recognized is that the onus is on me to make myself understood. Yeah. And then I have to ask myself the question, in this context, is it worth being understood? Wow. Right? And in that sense, yeah. this this has really brought out my choleric because I would look at some situations and I just shut up mm, mm. because like, why? Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes people think may think that, that, that is, um, that's quite self-centered. It is because there are times when you have to be self-centered and there are times when you have to, you know, you have to give away, but you have to be appropriate. There's mm. one thing about this is learning to be mm. appropriate. What I found is that the greatest development that I've had has been learning to be appropriate. You know, if there's a child around, learning to play with the mm. child on the terms of the child, mm. not on my adult terms. Mm. So I've known myself to be with children and argue with them about a color, whether a color is the color that's green or brown. No, no, that's brown. Says, no, it's green. It's green. And then we have fun, right? Because once you begin to learn to empathize, then you begin to learn to meet people where they are, right? And Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, you know, you must speak to people in a language that they understand. 
Yeah. Mm. But but then if you're going to make the effort to to speak to people in a language they understand, make sure what you have to say is worth saying. Make sure that the audience that is receiving it would appreciate it. Now, if those things aren't met, then shut up and go do something else. Make dicker. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned to do is talk less, believe it or not. <laughs> For a cleric sanguine, that's um, pretty amazing. But mm. it's exactly the things that you're saying. You know, I'm nodding away here because I really do recognize that, you know, when you said, you know, do you want to be understood or, you know, recognizing the situations in where, where that can take place. And actually there aren't many. And the people who will understand you, sometimes you don't need to say anything and they understand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I found that many a time now, actually. And um, yeah. I feel, you know, now I don't always have to say so much um, when you find your tribe, you know, or tribes. I think that's a, a really mm -hmm. nice point to to end on it's it, it was lovely to hear your face off um mm -hmm. i'm trying to think about my face off i think i've given a few revealing moments um but i think for me it's my face off would probably be um accepting who i really am and being okay with that and now looking at the the unsavory parts as you call it <laughs> and not being triggered by it and and again accepting those as well you know um mm -hmm. but it's a journey it's mm -hmm. a lifelong journey and i know we've covered a lot in this podcast there's a lot there to really take away and just in conclusion, is there anything that you'd like to say just, just to finish off? No, I, I mean, I'd just really like to thank you for, um, you know, kind of holding the space, holding this this together in the way that it is in this conversation. And likewise, um, thank, you. thank you. Likewise, thank you. Um, it's always a really enjoyable experience talking to you. Our next episode is going to be looking at balance. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and buy the book Know Yourself on Amazon. To catch all the latest from Alex, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at his handle at alexander.carberry.